It might surprise you to hear that for many people, eating issues have very little to do with the actual food. Problems with eating are not usually due to informed nutritional decisions, or at least that's not all that goes into eating behaviors. In fact, quite often, food's not really the issue at all. There can be deeper reasons why people become bound up in disordered eating practices over time, and we're going to look at one major reason that changes healthy eating patterns into troubling relationships with food. Stay tuned. Welcome to the True Food Freedom and Faith Podcast. I'm your imperfect host, Cheryl Sharko, registered dietitian, nutritionist, and biblical counselor, here to get real with you, my sisters in Christ. Yep, I'm talking to you who struggle with restricted food rules, chronic dieting, yo-yo diets, emotional eating, and other issues that consume your life, your joy, and your peace. So get your comfy pants on, like I did, and get ready for some real talk about this journey, real nutrition information, and some real solutions so you can live a life in true food freedom and faith. Well, hello and welcome, sisters. I often talk about one of the main issues for disordered eating practices as being a desire to fit that worldly ideal of beauty. You know what I mean. And this is, of course, very problematic for all women, but particularly Christians. The desire to compete with this culture, which is just so saturated with an obsession over appearance, is indeed very problematic. And I don't want to take away from that today at all. It can tempt many of us to move toward that unhealthy version of eating and maybe even some sinful eating practices that do long-term damage. But today, I want to move away from this motivation of keeping up appearances as the major cause of disordered eating. And I want to discuss one other potential cause. I haven't talked much about this one, but it is nevertheless a major contributor to the increasing numbers of people of both sexes, of all ages, who struggle with disordered eating practices. And let me tell you, the numbers are indeed growing. Now, as a refresher, real quick, let me explain disordered eating. I'm using the term all the time here, but let me explain it quickly. This is a term that we use to describe practices and behaviors that run alongside a damaged relationship with food and eating, such as You've heard of, you know, weight cycling. Sometimes we call that yo-yo dieting, the weight roller coaster, you know. Also body shame, guilt and shame for eating practices that really shouldn't carry guilt and shame or be thought of as moral issues or sin issues at all since there isn't biblical support for calling them these. And disordered eating can also include an obsessive need to lose weight simply because of the diet culture that we live in. Now, These all have a role to play in the development of disordered eating behaviors, for sure. And there's so much more to this. I mean, so much more to this. And you can find more information about disordered eating in earlier podcasts, particularly podcast number two, little number two at the beginning, and also on my blog. And I'll put links in the show notes. But if you go to CherylSharko.com or TrueFoodFreedomAndFaith.com and just click on the blog tab, you can find a blog specifically on disordered eating. And again, while a deeply rooted desire to be acceptable in the way we look and how others perceive us can definitely lead many to disordered eating, there really is another very, very common reason as well. And it might be surprising. The reason is control. Okay, so what on earth does that mean? Well, stick with me. I will explain it. Many people 
wield their food and eating behaviors and choices a certain way because they have a sense, usually an unrecognized sense, honestly, that it's one of the only things that they can control in their lives. We know this to be a very common element in full-blown eating disorders like anorexia nervosa. And it's also a common element in other dysfunctional eating patterns and behaviors and beliefs in life as well. Let's talk about three areas that people really can desire control that can lead them towards disordered eating behaviors if that's their predisposition, if that's the way that they try to garner control. Now, the first area where we may want control, which does make sense and it is somewhat effective, is one, over our bodies, over our weight, our appearance, our health, somewhat of our lifespan. You know, we associate um, eating behaviors with health, with longevity of life. Understandable. That makes sense. Um, And so when we feel kind of like the world around us or relationships or all kinds of other things are just out of our control and we're trying desperately to grasp control, we can tend to work to control things that we do have more say over, such as our bodies and our weight and our appearance, perhaps you know some aspect of health, maybe what we consider our role in lifespan. There, I mean, I don't want to take away from that. Um, there are plenty of lifestyle behaviors that do affect lifespan and I should probably talk more about that. But so that's the first area. And the second area where we might want to garner some control, we might want to control our environment, you know, many situations and surroundings, our relationships and the future. Now, this isn't usually effective. It's often fruitless. There can be some effect. Like I can somewhat affect my surroundings and my situations to a degree. I can have an effect on my relationships. I can make some choices that would propel me on a better path to my future, but really we don't have full control of those things. But sometimes when we are losing control in these areas, we we want to grasp for some control somewhere. Now, let's talk about COVID for a minute in this context. Along with what's called long hauling or even post-acute COVID, that's the more technical name, which is a long-term manifestation of illness symptoms well after that initial COVID infection, um, which a lot of people are starting to recognize and the healthcare community is recognizing as a real thing. It happened with SARS as well. Well, this pandemic, aside from that, has had many other secondary, shall we say, casualties as well. For example, I talk about this on the blog post, A recent report by the National Eating Disorders Association, it showed that there was a great increase in the amount of calls to its organization um, asking for help. Now, again, this is the National Eating Disorders Association. And this happened during the pandemic as it was peaking from March 2020 to October 2021. And it wasn't a small increase. The National Eating Disorders Association reported a 58% percent increase in these calls. 58%. That is huge. That is huge. And it happened during the peak of the pandemic. And then another related report, emergency room visits related to disordered eating problems specifically, particularly for adolescent females, doubled. And then the CDC reports that 
there was an increase in emergency room visits in both 2020 and 2021 for eating-related disorders. So what was given as the suspected reason for this? What did these articles summarize as the real problem and the catalyst for these increasing numbers of disordered eating problems, eating-related disorders, full-blown eating disorders? Well, they usually pointed to isolation as that number one cause. And, you know, I would agree that isolation would be very problematic and somewhat of a catalyst in these situations. And as I mentioned in the recent Secret Eating podcast, isolation is a fuel for disordered eating and eating disorders in some ways. So I don't disagree with that, but but I'd say a major cause of disordered eating and the increase in it was the attempt and is the attempt to feel in control of something that you can have control over. When we're faced with a loss of control in all these other areas of life that we really had no say over and we could not change. This cause isn't always apparent to the person. They're not thinking, I need control, you know. But those who work in this field know about control's real strong correlation with disordered eating behaviors. So let me, with all of that, go back to point two, that Many people try to garner control over the environment that they're living in, you know, their situations and surroundings, relationships in the future. Well, trying to take control over these areas and even where it comes to the parts where we can have some effect, trying to really have full control over this is, well, it's a dream and that's okay. It's okay. You know why? Ah, you know why? Because as Christians... We have a strong, quote, controller of all things in our lives. All things that become part of our sanctification journey are allowed and they're used by God for a greater purpose than our temporal comfort and happiness and ability to wield circumstances and make our own nice little fort around us, right? There's something much more important at stake than this. It's our holiness, our growth toward Christ-likeness. And while God allows trials to shape us, he never leaves us alone in them. That's so important to remember. When life feels out of control, not only can we trust that there's a reason that is beneficial to us in eternal ways, but that also God is never leaving us alone in them. He is near. God is near. So no matter what an experience feels like, no matter what it feels like, he never ever turns his back on his children. He is near to you. He is near to me. He is fully in control. He's sovereign. And what has God chosen to do with his complete control over all things? He's chosen to save you and make you his own. Ephesians 1.11 says, In him also we have obtained an inheritance being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. So he uses his amazing power to control all things. He created all things. He controls all things. And he uses that to what? Save you and give you an inheritance. Amazing. Amazing. Sometimes we need to be reminded that we're not in control of things, quite frankly, so that we can remember to turn to God and to rely on him alone. That's important 
Because I don't know about you, but I regularly forget who's in charge of me, of my life. I think I'm Lord of it. And I unfortunately need the reminders that I am not. But a great, loving, kind, powerful, attentive, caring, mighty God is. And that part in us that desires to have our own lordship over life, ours and others, must die. It must die. Jesus said in Matthew 16, 24 to 26, that if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Right? That's very opposite of us um, wanting to control everything in our lives. That's a good scripture to kind of meditate on when we start grasping for some amount of control in our lives. Do we want to save our own lives by our own feeble pretend strength? Do we really need to gain control over our lives or our small part of this world? Or do we want to relinquish that imaginary control to a God who can be trusted to do what is best for us? He knows all things. He's the one that's trustworthy. You know, even if I can control everything, what are the chances I'm going to make the right decisions going forward that are going to benefit me in the end? Not very good. They're not very good. So we're going to get to that third area where people try to garner some control or desire control over, as well as what on earth this has to do with disordered eating after this quick break. Are you just dieting or has it become something more? And how can you tell the difference? Well, I'd like to put this helpful guide right into your hands that defines what disordered eating is. And if you've lived a life of weight cycling, yo-yo diets, a preoccupation with food rules and the number on the scale, well, you might just be surprised to see what is considered disordered eating. Now, don't let this scare you as I always believe knowledge is power. To get your free guide to recognizing disordered eating, as well as every future resource, sign up for the April 2022 newsletter at truefoodfreedomandfaith.com. Link in the show notes. And we're back. Okay, so we have discussed so far a couple areas where people might be trying to garner control over the our bodies and our weight, our appearance and health, even our lifespan. That makes some sense. Of course, we have some control in those areas. The second area we just discussed where we may want to just grab some control or we feel the loss of control in is over our situations and surroundings, relationships with others and our future, which we really don't have as much control for that as we think anyway. And now the third area. We want to control the approval, acceptance, and opinions of others. Do we have that control? Well, think of this. In order to actually have control over how others perceive us and to have that assurance that they have a good opinion of us, what do we have to do? We have to completely conform to what they want us to be in each and every situation, every day, at all times. And that's pretending we could actually determine what would please them to begin with. But think about that. 
this is something that so many of us strive for and we feel the lack of control in that area. But is it even a legitimate area to try and control? No, we would have to be complete chameleons in order to gain some probably false assurance that we are always getting approval and acceptance and good opinions from others. You know, God is the only one who deserves such worship from us. And that is what it is. Make no mistake. You know, I've spent years doing that. What am I worshiping? What is that idol? The opinions of others? Acceptance of others? He is the only one who has rescued us from death and destruction through the redemption of his only son, Jesus. And he is the only one who has the right to claim that kind of devotion from us because he is the one who purchased us by Christ's precious blood. God does not allow us to give this kind of allegiance and worship to other beings. It's for him only. We read in Luke 4, 8 that Jesus said, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. And then we're told in Romans 12, 1, to present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to whom? To God, which is our spiritual worship. It's actually an act of worship to present our bodies to be acceptable to other people. Did you hear that? That is something to consider. It's actually an act of worship to be devoted to shaping my body, to looking a certain way in order to be acceptable to other people. This act of worship to present my body is to be for God alone. It's a living sacrifice. It's holy and mm, acceptable to God. Why do I need the acceptance of people in this when I have the acceptance of God? Now, I'm sure you're getting the point here. (laughs) The other point besides the spiritual one is that we obviously can never conform enough to please any one person. Never mind the masses. Never mind the masses. And as Christians, that goal is impossible anyway, because The message of the gospel really doesn't make raving fans, super fans, or admirers. It makes disciples by first bringing conviction to people's hearts. In order to bring the saving message of the gospel of Christ to a lost and dying world, we need to be willing to be scorned, mocked, hated, even persecuted. This might be a good time for us all to look at what our goals are, realign our goals in life, if we're trying to control ourselves to the point of damage in order to control others' opinions of us. Just a thought. Now, what on earth does any of that have to do with disordered eating? I'm glad you asked. Well, for many people, the sense that they have lost or really never could attain to begin with The control over their life events, their relationships, what might occur in the future, right? Or a myriad of other things. It stirs up some deep heart issues and some fears. And then many try to compensate for this lack of control with these things with other things from earning more money to manipulating others to the escape of drugs or alcohol. And we see that all over the place. But for many others, this compensation takes the form of taking a very strict control over your eating, um, food restricting, exercise, 
and any manner of food-related behaviors. For them, this is the area that they alone feel they can have full control over. And it can be somewhat cathartic. It can feel cathartic, even though in the end, it's often causing more damage to them. Now, the pandemic really has churned up all types of lifestyle and relationship and inner issues. The sense of loss that we all experienced, uh, that loss of social aspect, loss of sometimes jobs and finances, but just a general loss of control, it's enormous now. That sense of loss of control is enormous. So it's no wonder that there's a coinciding rise in serious disordered eating behaviors Now, to read more about this topic, I had mentioned a recent blog post. It's entitled, Are Control Issues the Problem? And again, you can find that at cherylshaco.com slash blog or truefoodfreedomandfaith.com and click on the blog tab and the links in the show notes as well. So some specific suggestions for us when we're dealing with these feelings and this lack of control after this break. Hey, sisters, I have some good news. I want to get to know you better. I want us to support one another in this process, this journey to food freedom. It can be tough if we're doing it alone, so let's not. Why don't you join me in our private online community? I'll put the link in the show notes, or you can just go to Facebook and search for True Food Freedom and Faith. The and is an ampersand. I really look forward to us getting to know one another, so I will see you there. Welcome back. So we're going to get to some summarizing and solutions here. So basically what we've been talking about is that some people have a predisposition to take strict and unhealthy control of eating behaviors, whether it's overeating or overexercising or restricting eating to the point where they're not feeding themselves properly or any other myriad, any anything you can think of. Um, and sometimes they're doing that as a substitute for a lack of control in other areas that they really wish they could control. We went over some of those, some reasonable, some so far out of the realm of our control anyway, that it's kind of good to just be aware of that. So what can we do about this? What do you do if you are finding that the lack of control in your life and in the world is leading you towards maybe some disordered eating behaviors? Well, number one, recognize that the outcome of your control over eating does not often end in the positive way you think it might, but it can become a disordered eating pattern that just ultimately takes control of you. It shackles you. It puts you in bondage. It enslaves you. So you really need to just recognize that and kind of have an eye out for that um, and, and stop the behaviors earlier on and recognize that this isn't the solution. Number two, We cannot really control much about other people and certainly not what they think of us or whether they accept us without just contorting our lives into a pretzel to please other people. Um, It's probably good that we come to know that as young as possible, as quickly as possible, um, because attempting to control what other people think about us and, and control their acceptance of us It requires us to deny ourselves, but not for the way God said to, Um, not to follow Christ, but to worship the idol of people. And if you find that you are in this place, well, 
keep in mind the good news that this can be repented of and we can pray for God's help to help us in this area, in this heart area. The struggle's real. It is real. But we have an amazing God to run to. And number three, remember God is trustworthy. He is loving. He is intentional. And he's all-powerful. He's in control. He is in control. If you're his child, he has got you. He has got your situations. He has got the people he puts in your life. And he has got your future. Even the hardest trials and the sinful acts of others are used by and are subject to him for your good and your growth. So we need to dwell on this daily, I would say. Um, It will bring comfort truly as we do, as we dwell on that continually. And also let's remember scriptures such as Psalm 95, it tells us, for the Lord is a great God, the great King above all gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth and the mountain peaks belong to him. The sea is his. For he made it and his hands formed the dry land. Who's in control? Your great God. Why do we need control? We don't really have it anyway. (laughs) So if you find you're developing a disordered or unhealthy relationship with food and you would like some biblically-based nutrition help, visit me at CherylSharko.com and schedule a free chat with me. You can, again, go to TrueFoodFreedomAndFaith.com and click on the free consultation tab and just schedule what works for you. And we can talk and see what the next best steps for you could be. Maybe it's working with me. Maybe it's not. Maybe I have some other free resources I could get to you. Well, I'd like to thank you all for coming along the ride for season one of the True Food Freedom and Faith podcast. We'll be back in the fall. And so if you want, you can just subscribe to the podcast so you'll be alerted when it comes out in a few months. And in the meantime, if you want to stay in touch, just come to truefoodfreedomandfaith.com. You can always ask a question, give comments, and all of my social feeds are there so we can always communicate back and forth. And that would be great. So until next time, even knowing that we cannot control most things, and even when we're feeling the results of a global pandemic, we want to remember and obey the words of 1 Corinthians 10.31. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Amen. I'll see you soon. Ladies, if this topic or any other podcast episode has been valuable to you, please help me get this information out to others who could benefit from it too by leaving a five-star review wherever you listen to the podcast and sharing the episode on your social media. Or you can always come to any of my socials and like, comment, and share that way. This helps other people know it's important information that can benefit them as well. Thank you for helping.